I'm live at the Italian Open happening in Rome, Italy right now, or how the Italians like to call it, Internazionale d'Italia. <laughs> Josephino, what did you just say? Internazionale d'Italia. <laughs> I may not be able to pronounce the majority of the title, but I know for a fact that BNL is an acronym, not a word. <laughs> Oh, so it's Internazionale BNL d'Italia? I could not have met, said it better myself. The Internet's... Yeah, no, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> the Italian Open is happening right now, and we're here to update you on all the latest tournament news. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for tweens, teens, and other young tennis fans. We're your hosts, Josephina and Shravya. Shravya and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josephina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics, united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more. It's September 18th, and we are back. Looks like professional tennis is on quite the roll. It's here to stay, and I could not be happier, and I'm sure Shravya feels the same way. I'm definitely excited for this clay court season, although it is quite the time zone change for our tennis fans in the U.S. We're all kind of used to the luxury of the U.S. Open schedule fitting with our daily schedule, but now it's like I'm waking up, and the first thing I have to do is catch up on all the five Rome matches that I miss, and I'm like, oh, shop of all of one. Oh, Sinner lost. It's just, it's a lot to take in, but um, it's definitely nice to have it back. So we're going to go into our first hot headline of today, which is that Naomi Osaka, the uh, obviously, obviously, the 2020 U.S. (laughs) Open champion, has pulled out of the French Open. She said in a statement, Unfortunately, I won't be able to play the French Open this year. My hamstring is still sore, so I won't have enough time to prepare for the clay. These two tournaments came too close together for me this time. I wish the organizers and players all the best. So, making the smart decision, it is quite the quick turnaround to change to a different surface and into another Grand Slam. So, it's good that she's taking care of herself. Yeah, I mean, she's probably thinking, you know what? I already got my Grand Slam for the year. I'll just come back and win them all next year. <laughs> <laughs> she's ending this season on a eleven on an 11-match win streak, and I think this is the second time she's done that. Our next hot headline is some updates on the PTPA. We haven't mentioned this one in a while, so just to refresh your minds, the PTPA is a player organization founded by Djokovic, and Pospisil, and it's kind of a, I guess, a players' union yes, formed. They did a want to be called a union, but it's similar to a union. So I guess yeah. association works. Yeah, and at first it was supposed to be only ATP and male players, but now they've decided to include female play- players, which is great. They said, we are not just men's players association, we want women to be involved. There are around 200 WTA players that signed. This is what Djokovic said recently in a press conference in the Rome at the Italian Open. In the Rome. So, in the Rome. (laughs) (laughs) Just, 
I did not know that this many people were involved. Yeah. 200 is a lot of people. Yeah, Tennis.com did this reporting, and it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, me neither. I didn't know that this many people signed up. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, because a lot of their demands are um, pretty valid. Uh, they signed up. Um, oh, yeah, Josefina, you know the exact number of how many ATP players they signed up in their like first meeting in New York. Yeah, it was around 150. I remember this meeting happened on Grandstand, actually, while the Western and Southern Open was happening. Or was it the yeah, US it was, Open? Yeah, I think it was right after the Western and Southern Open happened. It was on either Grandstand or, I think, yeah, Grandstand or Court 17. I don't remember. Um, you're probably correct. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go forward. I think a lot of people in the tennis world have been saying that their um, purpose is, in many cases, valid, in many cases, confusing just because they haven't really released like a concrete plan of what they want to do yet but that's probably like coming soon so it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do yeah Djokovic actually also said the players association is going forward I think it's very important for us players to have 100% player representation I feel we can actually be a positive addition to ATP and work together because this is what we want So let's talk about some of the action that has been going on at the Italian Open. Um, and obviously, quick transition to clay, totally different surface, especially coming from the fast courts at the U.S. Open site. Um, a lot of these players had to travel back. Time zone change, court surface change, it's a lot. But um, those are the circumstances that we are living in. So let's go through some of the notable matches and results and news from the first three rounds of the WTA uh, portion of the tournament. So I've picked out a couple of notable matches here. So our first one is Garbinia Muguruza versus uh, Coco Goff, which was a second round match. It was a battle. Um, it was very tight. So Muguruza ended up winning 7-6-3-6-6-3. And just as I said, Muguruza, even in her press conference, this is how she described it, especially the third set as a battle. And, you know, it was a it was a tight match, impressive tennis from Muguruza, and she's looking great into the quarterfinals now. Obviously, she's a former Roland Garros champion, so she does seem to do well on clay, and it's, it's interesting to see her, or it's nice to see her back on the courts um, doing well. Um, all right, so let's go into this other second-round match. Josefina and I were, we were surprised but also not surprised with this result. It was more just kind like the of, way it, it played out. It was kind of ironic. Yeah. It was definitely ironic. Sophia Kennan versus Victoria Azarenka. If you haven't heard already, you must be living under some type of rock if you're a tennis fan. But <laughs> some type of rock. It could be sedimentary. It could be <laughs> metamorphosis, whatever it's called. <laughs> um, but Azarenka served Kennan a quick double bagel. Um, as you may know, that uh, both of, the two of them were um, doubles partners at the U.S. Open. So, tough loss for the Australian Open champ. Ken really doesn't, like, she hasn't seemed to have found her form ever since winning that big title at the beginning of the year. Um, and, you know, it makes you think, like, if she's going to become a player like an Ostapenko who kind of won her Grand Slam and then kind of faded out, I think it's a little too soon to make that statement i think that maybe the pressure is definitely getting to her or she especially hasn't... considering the long break and loss of rhythm that obviously 
could have happened there. Yeah, so, I mean, on the other hand, on the flip side, impressive for Mazarenka, and, and like, th- this is amazing. And what's so, uh, so impressive about this particular win and these results at this tournament is that she's been able to transition to the clay so quickly, and she's coming off of two deep runs in the prior two tournaments. So it's a lot of tennis, and it's a lot of... Um, adapting but she seems to be doing pretty well um we had a, another thing that josephina and i wanted to talk about was the azarenka versus kazakina incident in the third round they were playing um a very tough match the first set went to a tie break and right in the beginning of the tie break um kazakina actually injured herself i think she was sliding for a volley and she rolled her ankle really really badly and Azarenka came over to comfort her. She helped pack Kazakina's bag after a medical timeout, I believe. Um, but it was best for, they decided it was best for Kazakina to retire because otherwise the, in, the injury was just too severe. Um, Azarenka, it was a really sweet moment. Uh, she kissed Kazakina on the forehead. And then just as she was about to leave, Kazakina actually told Azarenka um, that she was inspired by her comeback to the tour after so many months um gone with motherhood and with the pandemic and she it it was a very sweet uh moment to see yeah that was definitely some great and exemplary sportsmanship from azarenka moving on to the atp rounds one to three recap my first match of interest is yannick sinner versus stefanos tisipas this match happened in the second round and sinner actually got through six one six seven six two this obviously is a huge win for Sinner. This is his second win in the top 10 versus a top 10 player. But for Tsitsipas, I mean, he was the third seed. He's one of the tournament favorites, and he was out so early in the in the rounds. So hopefully this doesn't break Tsitsipas's momentum, I guess, going into Hamburg because he will be playing that tournament very soon. But Sinner just... He's been playing great. Obviously, he's still a teenager, just something to remember. So this is just a huge win for him. Moving on to the Pablo Carreño Busta versus Rafael Nadal match in the second round. This match, the score wasn't very good, but just something I found ironic, kind of like the Azarenka versus Kennan match, it was that, I mean, Nadal is back after all this time, Busta made the semifinals in the U.S. Open, and he's still able to kick butt. <laughs> Nadal won six one six one. So just just a little image there to see how badly he won or well he won, whichever side you're depending. Taking. Yeah, whichever way you take a look at it. Great to see Nadal back. Um, kind of like the second of the big three who's back now. He's look he's looks like he never took a break. He looks like he's just playing just as well as he was, um, and obviously very impressive on clay, serving up those breadsticks. Yeah, and also just something to point out, like I was talking about Yannick Sinner's win, also another Italian teenager, actually, is Lorenzo Musetti, who has been playing so well this past Italian Open. He took out Stan Warinka and Kei Shikori. These are his very first ATP wins so that's just absolutely insane and huge congrats to him because this is such a great way to like show his 
to prove his place, I guess, in the ATP and to show that he's some a force to be reckoned with. He actually used to be number one junior in the world, so going in, he obviously has some experience with the tour. And Sinner, going back to Sinner, he was a next-gen ATP Finals champion. So he also, and we've been hearing him na- his name a little bit too, so I think it's great that these Italian teenagers were representing at their home tournament. Yeah, and we also still have Berrettini still in the draw. He's in the quarterfinals. Um, maybe by the time we release this episode, his match might be over and his result might be out. But either way, like the Italians seem to be doing really well. Um, I think I read somewhere that this is um, the best that the ATP players, Italian players, have done at the Rome yeah, I tournament in a too. while. And it might be because, you know, with no crowds there, less, you know, pressure. So that could be helping. I mean, maybe if, for example, looking back to Jen Brady, even, at the U.S. Open, like, maybe the benefit, the, maybe the no oh, crowds yeah. thing can be a benefit for these hometown players at some points because it can be a little bit less pressure when you don't have them around. The fans, I mean. All right, Josephina, take us into some previews of the ATB quarterfinal. So the way we're going to give you guys a rundown of the action is we're going to pick our tournament favorite. Um, obviously, the draws are super tight on both sides, especially on the women's side, so it's it's difficult to pick. But, Josephina, tell us your tournament favorite and uh, walk us through a little bit of quick information on each of the four matches. Right, so I believe the tournament favorite is Rafael Nadal. I mean, clay court is just his absolute best surface that's such well-known news by now he's a nine-time Rome champion more than any other player and I think that he's been playing so well that this trophy is one that he can actually get it's very realistic so the first um quarterfinal match is Djokovic versus Kopfer Kopfer was actually a college tennis player this Kopfer and he yeah, Kopfer, he was a college tennis player for Tulane, and he came through qualifying um, to all the way to the master, uh, quarterfinals of a Masters 1000 event, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, know, I also know he had some upsets on the way. He beat Alex Demenor, and he beat Gal Monfils. So those are two huge wins for him. He has a lot of momentum going into this match, but then again, this is Djokovic we're talking about. Just to be realistic... You know, it's not looking good for Kopfer. <laughs> <laughs> to put it nicely. <laughs> then, but either way, impressive. Getting through qualities and into a Masters 1000 quarterfinal. Yes. Um, yes. Great. Definitely impressive. So the next match is Matteo Berrettini versus Casper Ruud. So Berrettini, obviously, he's playing on his home court. You know, he's an Italian playing in the Italian Open. And Casper Ruud is actually a player who's been recently making an impact on the tour he's a norwegian player kind of relatively young i guess and I think he's one of those next gen players yeah yeah and he's also been just playing so well in this tournament so i think this is actually going to be a really close one i think casper rude goes very under the radar yeah. compared to a lot of the other next gen players but I think Clay is his best surface, too. I think he was saying that. And he got some time to hit with Nadal a little, a couple of days prior to the start of the tournament. So even, even Nadal knows that he's a force to be reckoned with. 
The next match is Shapovalov versus Dimitrov. These obviously are two great players. This is going to be an amazing match. Shapovalov is coming back, coming from a deep U.S. Open run. Dimitrov also, he's somebody who's been playing really well recently. So this is going to be a really tight one and good one. The next match and final match, the fourth match, is Schwartzman versus Nadal. Obviously, Nadal, he's coming back to the clay season. He's playing not better than ever, but like he never left. So I think that is something to be noted and something to respect because I think keeping momentum after such a long break is just super respectable. And Schwartzman also, he's made a really significant run here at the Italian Open. And, I mean, this is going to be a good match. But then again, looking back at the Djokovic match here also, I mean, Nadal, come on, he's on clay. Just, (laughs) I feel bad for Schwartzman, but hopefully he can put up a fight. Moving on to the WTA quarterfinals preview. Yes, um, WTA quarterfinals preview. As I was saying earlier, um, especially with, I think, Nadal and Djokovic back in the draw and with a couple of these, like, younger or not as well-established players in the mix, I think it's a lot less, um, kind of close as maybe the WTA draw is because you're seeing a lot of returning players who didn't play at the U.S. Open. And one of them, who I'm actually picking as my favorite for the tournament, is Simona Halep. She didn't play the U.S. Open due to travel concerns, um, but while the U.S. Open was going on, she actually won a, or a little prior, I believe, she won a clay court title in Prague, and clay is her best surface. Um, so that's why I'm picking her as the favorite, although she does face a tough quarterfinals, quarterfinal match and inevitably a tough semifinal matchup. She's playing Yulia Putinseva from Kazakhstan in the... Uh, quarterfinals of the Rome Open, uh, the Italian Open, sorry. And Putinseva, you might remember her, she made a deep run into the quarterfinals at the U.S. Open just now, and she's known as a fighter. You know, in her third round match, she made an incredible comeback from a set and 5-2 down against her compatriot uh, Rybakina, and she's also one of those, like, young WTA players on the rise. So that just goes to show that Putin save is a fighter, but as we know, so is Simona Halep. So I I give Halep the edge in this match, um, but that will definitely be a fun one to watch. Going on to our second quarterfinal in that half of the draw is Azarenka versus Muguruza. I think this is the quarterfinal match on the women's side that I'm looking most forward to. Um, it's going it, to, you know, both of them are looking solid in this tournament, but I think Azarenka has been looking the most solid out of anyone in this draw. Um, so that's why I'm going to give her the edge, even though Muguruza has had some great um, couple of matches so far. But yeah, I, I do think Azarenka is going to pull through, even though Clay might not always be her um, best surface. Our, to the bottom of the draw, we have uh, Marketa Vondrosova versus Alina Svitolina. You might not remember this. I certainly forgot for a little bit that Vondrosova was actually last year's Roland Garros finalist. But after she had to, you know, cut her season short with a wrist injury, so she's coming back now. Um, but, you know, the clay court suits Svitolina's game, and Svitolina has been, like, this is her first tournament back since the shutdown. She's looking solid, and she's going very under the radar. 
so I definitely give her the edge. She's had great wins in her past two rounds over really good players, Pavlyuchenkova and um, Kuznetsova, so that's why I'm going to give her the edge. And lastly, we have Elise Mertens versus Karolina Pliskova. For me, this is like an easy pick. Mertens, she has three wins in her belt, and she's just more the more solid player at the moment in the past uh, three or four weeks versus Pliskova. So those are my picks for the WTA quarterfinals. I don't know what you, what you think, Josefina. Yeah, I agree for the last match, definitely. Pliskova is having a very inconsistent season after the COVID break, and just I don't think this win is guaranteed for her. Another one of our favorite segments that we're bringing back for this episode is our aces section, where we go over some of the not fails of the tennis tour, I guess, or <laughs> some of the best victories. moments. Some of the best yes. moments from the tennis news. Some of the highlights. Yeah, one especially notable one is Roberto Bautista Agut had a baby. Well, he didn't, but his wife did. <laughs> On September 15th, Minnie Robert was born. Both the mom and the baby are doing well, and he said we can't be happier. So this was just adorable, and all the pictures are amazing. If you go look at their socials, just babies, awesome. Love babies. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. Um, Our second piece of news is that the Fed Cup has been renamed the Billie Jean King Cup. Their motto is Be Bold, Make History. Very fitting, given the fact that BJK is um, their new kind of... Symbol? I I don't know how to put it. Anyway, given the fact that the tournament is now dedicated to her, um, you know, it's great that they're following the footsteps of her. Figurehead. Figurehead, yes. She's a tennis trailblazer. I know the WTA players are super excited about this and have voiced their support and excitement. Um, And fun fact... The Billie Jean King Cup Cup liked one of our tweets, which means that you should go and follow our socials right now. Um, our our Twitter is at h o t y r all caps uh, underscore tennis pod. The T and the P are capitalized. And Josephina, our Instagram is. Hold on to your racket. That's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all lowercase. So go check those out. Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the Italian Open, upcoming tournaments, and updates on all the Tion Tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions, and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released in a few days where we are going to recap the Italian Open and also preview the French Open. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravia. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please. Tell your friends my name is Tom and Shravya's name is Bob. See you next time.